Hello everyone, this is Matthias Alberton, the creator of Martial Attitude. This is Martial Attitude Voice. In the last uh, few episodes, we are exploring the concept of fear and anxiety in the world of uh, professional boxing. Today we are back with a female boxer, amateur boxer. The name is uh, Sandra Suomela. She is uh, from Finland, as the surname certainly suggests. <laughs> Although she lives and works in London, she has a, a master's degree in um, applied positive psychology and coaching psychology at the University of East London. And she is accredited holistic life and performance coach. And she has a website on her own. And you will find, of course, the link in the description below. She has entered... Uh, uh, boxing after being very athletic and very active in Finland uh, in her young years uh, and uh, she is a very active person but it would be interesting to investigate how her studies, her active lifestyle and boxing blend together and what she has to say about all this. So welcome Sandra. Thank How you. do you do? Thank you very much. Well thank you for the opp opportunity to to be here with you and reflect out loud. I always love reflection and I feel like I actually discover much more about my own thinking and the world through speaking out loud. So having this opportunity to have this conversation with you is, I feel like it's a win-win and I just feel grateful for well, being here. Actually, um, I mean, the honor is mine and I'm of course very intrigued to speak with you today because um, as you are, um, a positive psychologist mm -hmm. and a, a life coach. Uh, and as I am studying towards my master's in sport psychology, I feel somehow a connection. And of course, I have mm. questions aside of uh, the concept of fear and anxiety, specifically in boxing. So first of all, just for the listeners to better understand, um, you practice uh, positive psychology and uh, positive psychology, as far as I understand it, he, let's say, he expand a bit on theoretical psychology. So he focuses a bit more about what is, uh, you know, the true meaning of being happy and healthy, as opposed to just to transform negative aspects of life and mm. disease and traits uh, into something better. But pretty much starting from the bad. Instead, positive psychology focuses on the good. Is, is that so? Well, that's, thank you for the question. And that's actually, I would almost say a dilemma within positive psychology, because what, what I would say I do and what I'm extremely passionate about is just what it means to be a human. So almost the dark side of positive psychology. It's almost like the flip side. So yes, positive psychology focuses on the, okay, what, what can be done and the strengths of a human being, meaning of life, hedonism, spirituality, purpose in life. But then what I'm extremely curious about myself as a coach and as a human being is more the dark side of positive psychology. So suffering, death, trauma, demons and angels altogether. Um, but positive psychology predominantly focuses on, okay, something has happened even with trauma and almost like a post-traumatic growth. So what can be done and how can the trauma be used in an efficient way in the future? Almost like growing through through the suffering. 
so it, it's the weight is still on the on the positive side or on the strength side but it acknowledges also the suffering of of life really um for anyone who has come across your website or your instagram profiles it's impossible not to notice how often you smile do you really <laughs> smile that much i mean i can't do that <laughs> yeah. so you, i have to say that's pretty but in pictures that's the only face i can make <laughs> but yes i do smile i yeah. do smile a lot and i'm always been naturally since i was a child active energetic i just have way too much energy and i just i'm just so grateful i've always been very grateful um of life just being alive and i've always I always say this to to everyone who knows me it's just like I I can die any minute. I've accepted that I can die any minute both outside of boxing but also inside of boxing. So why not use this time well that we have in this life because who knows what's going to happen in the next hour. And uh, do you think that you're bringing in Finland had anything to do with your uh, very active lifestyle or mm. not really? Do you think it's somehow environmental? As for it is, for instance, for the Swedish and guys from Norway, they are so active. Mm. Um, the, so, for example, with the nature. And, yes. Yeah. I have always thought it's, it, it has been kind of the influence from the family, like skiing, for example. That and Always my parents have encouraged to use time somehow that it brings joy, but it's also useful. So in a way that rather than playing video games, it's actually go outside and play and be active, like active in, a, in an embodied way. But I would say, I'm not sure if it comes from the, for me, I have never thought of, of it coming from like Finnish culture or Finland. Um, because what we do there is we can be active and study and get drunk. That's kind of the culture that we also spoke with you about. But it's more like, how do you spend your time? If you, if you after school, are you going to a hobby or are you going to hang around in the malls? And from, from my parents, it was always, you, you will never be one of these people who hang around in the malls, do nothing, like you do something. So thanks to them, I, I went to gymnastics. And dance. Yes, so after gymnastics, I, I quit gymnastics when I was around 16, 17. I quit competing and then I moved to, to the dance scheme before moving to London, really. So I did that for a couple of years. And um, yeah, and that, that, was, that was very different, very interesting. And when you arrived in London, you didn't do any dancing anymore at all? No, not at What all. What kind of dance? Well, it was a contemporary, it was kind of all kinds of, but it was from, from gymnastics, we had a team which was more like, um, I would say, show, contemporary. But I, I actually started the, the dancing scheme in hip-hop, dance hall, street dancing. I, I loved, completely went to another direction from, from gymnastics. But then I would still say it was a more focused on contemporary show. Um, yeah, that kind of... I, I, I know that you, in your practice you are focusing a lot on this... Uh body-mind connection or embodiment. Yeah. So do you think, for instance, in your case, I see gymnastics um, as a way of learning how to develop your body and the body movement, but mm -hmm. then out of this, dance is a more expressive uh, yeah. um, act. Mm, absolutely. And, and 
this probably will come up later when it, when it comes to boxing, but it is the distinction between gymnastics and, and dancing is just that all of a sudden in dancing, I needed to trust my own gut and intuition and, and body awareness. Whereas in gymnastics, it was more like do this in a certain way. It was like a script. But in dancing, I was, I was completely, I felt lost for a long time and very, there was a lot of self-doubt because it was all of a sudden, wow, I need to connect with my own body rather than just following something that, or modeling something that has been presented in the, in the external. So it was very much actually getting connection with, with how I move and becoming aware of, okay, if I do this, how can I be in control from my left finger when on my left hand when I need to be also focused on my right toe so it was very much kind of becoming aware of of how my body moves and and works um and that was definitely an interest in in in, in the psychology and in the body mind section and also but even even when it just comes to emotions and and, and thinking of oh wow my body is feeling like this I don't I, I don't feel that I'm in my body while I'm doing this movement, like why is that, and and what what has happened there, um, either psychologically or or physically, so definitely it, it played a huge part in in my interest in then when coming to London. And uh, when you came to London, you went for the masters. Yes. In yes. A, in applied psychology. Yes. And uh, that was the idea from the start. Yeah, basically, I um, before so I I did studies in, I had bachelor degree in behavioral sciences in Helsinki and after that I decided to do like a gap year so actually when I come when I uh, came to London with my partner who had a job here I had no plan but then I was just googling different psychology options so I've always been very very curious about psychology but not necessarily being a psychologist because I've always seen that there's more to a human being than the past so then all of a sudden this coaching word came in front of me via Google and it was positive psychology and coaching psych. I was like, what is this coaching thing? Like, is it like sports coaching or a teacher or what, what is this all about? And then I found how coaching really kind of encompasses not only the past, but also focuses on the present and the future. Like, okay, we can acknowledge this has happened or we can acknowledge suffering has been happening, but where are we now? And actually, where do we want to go and take this? So that really, really evoked my interest. And then I applied to this master's degree. And then I got in. And that's kind of where it all, all started. At the same time, I, I found boxing as well. So it was kind of two major, like, fortunate um, curiosity platforms. It was at the same time. And my question will be then, why on earth boxing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great question. So that was the first sports I would say ever. So I went to move to London, um, didn't continue the dancing and um, I had my studies. I was a full-time student and then there was no boxing opportunity to really, I, I wanted to do it already in Finland just to try like, oh, how was it punching back? Um but back then there was no boxing classes. So then there was this place called Cobox and I walked past and I was like, what is this? Like, is, is this allowed? Can I actually go there? Is this something I can try? Uh, just as a way of um, like a sports. And then I went to the class and I 
fell in love immediately just to the intensity, to the fun, to the play. And I also, so I suffered from eating disorder for 10 years. And that was the, around the time when I got back to actually doing something. So that was the first sport that I actually just enjoyed for, for the sake of movement and for the sake of doing it. Not for the sake of, am I losing how much weight or how many calories I'm burning? It was actually just fun. And then at the same time, I felt strong. Like my body felt much, started to feel much stronger. It was fun. The community was there. I met an incredible people who, who I now call my family through, through kind of that co-box um, stayed. But then I wanted to learn much more. So I feel like the main answer to that, to that question would be it was the first sport that I didn't think about my body or I was almost detached from how I felt but I was still in my body. When you talk about family and uh, team, mm. you're thinking about someone particularly? Yes, yes, yes. Who? So uh, Antoine Dunn, who's my coach, we met through Cobox and we started doing uh, one-to-one sessions. I wanted to learn more after the classes. And then we started doing the, the pad session. I was like, wow, what is this? It was completely different than punching a bag. And I was still operating from the mindset, this is a fun sport. And I said to myself, oh, I, I, I could never, I could never fight. Oh my God, I could never, you know, punch someone in the face. I could take a punch. I was always sure I could take a punch, but I could not punch someone in the face. Uh, very naive. Um, um, so then we started doing pads, pad session and technique. And I learned more and I fell in love with the learning process. And also he, understood, he always understood me as a person, what worked for me, how I'm learning, like mentally, emotionally and physically. And it was extremely fascinating because the passion to boxing and, and the art of boxing and to the sport kind of evoked. And then at some point, maybe after healthy year of training with him, I wanted to do a fight. So I was like, let's just, let's just, I didn't re really even think about it. I just wanted to go to the next level. And then we did um, three white color fights together where he was cornering me and, and we just learned more, boxed more, went to sparring with different people. And that was kind of the, the importance of him being the coach and the person for me. I would also say he has so many different roles, like a therapist and a friend and a family member. And, 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 and I feel like the thinking afterwards, the way that the relationship with the coach and, and the boxer, the impact of that when it works well, the, in terms of motivation and being committed and wanted to learn more. It was so crucial and it still is crucial to this day. Um, but it was, it was always fascinating because it was more about the, the mental side of, especially when it came to then fighting, doing my first fights, it was much more about the, the mental game and the confidence than anything else really. Cause I've, I've always worked hard and I've always been training a lot, but it was much more about what questions he can ask so that I will find the answers to myself, which are supporting me in the mindset of, of fighting. And uh, you have now undergone about six bouts uh, as a white collar, and then you joined the uh, amateur boxing. Yes. And you did have uh, three fights as an amateur boxer. You won these fights. When was the last one? The last one, so, uh, so I'm an amateur boxer at Harrogate Boxing Club. Um, so the last bout was Harringay Box Cup in, in June. Which you won. Yes. 
So that that was the latest one, and the the next fights will be then in September. So I'm very very much looking forward to that. And you know already what kind of opponent we meet? Actually, no clue, no clue. And I've always said I I never wanted to know. Even in the previous fights, I always I've always said I don't want to know, and I don't want to I don't want to stalk her, or I don't want to know anything about her. I just want to go there and try to trust what I do. Um, could you please expand a bit more on this? Meaning that you are not interested in the opponent as a person. Or are you just interested in the opponent uh, um, as an obstacle to win? Mm. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, so the reason for me, it's like what I don't, I'm not interested. I might be interested as a person after after the fight. Like, oh, who are you? I'm always curious about people and their stories. But in terms of them, the fight, I feel like there's always expectations that we as human beings create. Even not having expectation is an expectation. So... For me, for my mind and for my confidence and for, for, for me being as calm as possible in the fight, the less I know, the, the less expectations I will create or less preventative expectations in my head I will create. Because I, I would imagine if I would know her, I would have a temptation to see what she's like and what she's doing, how she's boxing and how good is she. And I would immediately kind of plant the seeds of self-doubt or like oh she's better than me i would already unconsciously kind of set myself into the oh i am inferior not the superior and then i would just create these stories in my own mind completely self-imposed expectations about how this fight could go if i wouldn't if i would have the information it's like the less i know the better i do so in this phase of training, you're just relaxing. You're not training very much. You're training very much. You're dying out of training. What kind of thing <laughs> well, you are I in? I love training. So I think the struggle for me in boxing, or not a struggle, but a challenge, is, is to relax, is actually not train. So I love the training. I, I love different types of training in boxing whether it's um strength training or or cardio training or boxing training different sessions or heat training or the sparring and technical stuff it's so because i love it so much and i love how how present i am when i do it it's hard for me to take days off and it's hard for me to actually not train so for example i just went on a holiday and I decided that I need to take this holiday as a challenge not to train that much so that I will be able to not train. Um, I was still training there almost every day, but in a different way. So I, tr- I always train a lot. It's almost like that's just the default that I train twice, three times a day. So before it was even more. So now, because I noticed how, how fatigued my body was and I was, I was too, it, it was a bit too much to my body to actually train always three times a day so now it's more like twice a day sometimes once a day and then i try to keep a day off uh whether it's just like a 30 minute jog once in two weeks or or three weeks so kind of like trying to listen my body much more and then decide the training based on how i feel in my body so if if there's a lot of energy which i like naturally do then i just train and i have even more energy and then when i'm more fatigued or I don't sleep well, or I have a lot of work, um, then I try to cool it down. But yeah, I, I always train a lot. 
Uh, as you mentioned, this uh, increased in uh, exercise um, because of the engagement that boxing provided. Um, do you think that boxing was the trigger of more exercise because it's so engaging because mm. you can't avoid the action once that you are in the mm. boxing event? Let's mm. say when you are sparring, yeah. you can't escape. You are there. You must be present <laughs> in that very mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. So that kind of uh, stamina, um, call it as you wish. Uh, do you think that is that the trigger of this uh, kind of excitement about the thing, mm. or is something else? I think it's something else. I think it's something else. And and what what um. You know, a wonderful coach, Brian and Harry, they always say it's like, it's only like a Sandra, it's only three rounds. It's only three rounds. It's like, because it, I could, I could spar much more and I could train m many hours and, and, and you can turn professional. Um, let's see. That's, that's in the future. <laughs> now I'm just focusing on the amateur and I love it. <laughs> no, I mean, but if you want to, to, if to I want fight, to do more, to, fight, yeah. to do more. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think, the trigger for doing a lot of exercise, first of all, I'm fully aware that I use that as a coping mechanism or as a therapy for myself. It's just get my mind off things. Like sometimes I do that as a way of procrastinating about what I should focus on or whether it's something work-related or admin. Let's say I'd rather go for a run than do emails. <laughs> so that's, that's one part of it. Um, and then I feel like a completely my body and mind are addicted to the adrenaline, all the endorphins and adrenaline, so all the, all the physical, biological side of, of exercising. It, I'm completely addicted to it. It's almost like uh, it can be positive, but also sometimes it can be negative. So, for example, if I don't train, I can really notice that I just I don't wake up. Like I just I don't wake up during the day or or during the holiday when I was like let me just try and see that I don't do any exercise and no matter how how much I slept or how many coffees I had but it's just I feel very foggy so it's almost like my body is just so used to the sweat and the and the so that's kind of maybe the reason for me. Uh, would you reckon life itself to be a fight? Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I believe we are, we are built for, for climbing up the mountain. It's like it's a challenge and it's, it's, it's kind of related to the suffering that I spoke. I feel like life is a fight, but at the same time, life is not a fight. So I feel like both, they, don't exclude, they, they, they can live with each other as parallel. So in a way, waking up every day or, or, or what is a challenge, it's if, if there's any discomfort... We, we go through that and that could be perceived as a, as a fight. Um, for me personally, um, some days feels like a fight, but for me personally, I'm just, I'm still in that mindset of, of I can die next week. So why not make most out of it? And today? what about boxing? Would you say that boxing is a mirror of life? Mm. Never thought of that. Um, my gut feeling is saying no, because it's it's almost like the question of what what what's life and when what's a mirror of life or for me boxing is life, but or a mirror of life. But in general, 
no, I wouldn't say so. And do you think is not in this case mm-hmm. a mirror of life more or less than other sports? Do you think that no sport is a mirror of life? Mm. Or do you think that indeed some of them are more than others? Yeah. I would say all the sports. It's like it's a compl- it's a different it it is life and in a way maybe the way I see it is it mirrors the the um, overcoming a challenge any sports any high level sports athletes or even actually any sports when a person who doesn't really do any sports goes for a run that's a mirror of life there's a challenge you overcome challenge you feel good and on to the next one so it's almost like overcoming a challenge in life in general the discomfort of of any challenge whether it's mental physical or in the sports that's definitely yeah maybe i'm disagreeing with myself right now <laughs> it is that that's the part that i see it's it's a mirror of life would you say that um boxing is a dangerous sport yeah absolutely absolutely at the same time i'm kind of like well anything can be dangerous any sport is dangerous it's it's life is dangerous <laughs> um but definitely it's it's um you're punching people in the face and in the body and 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 either with or without the head guard in amateur boxing there's a head guard for women and and, and children and uh but that's another conversation but it's it's yes i would say boxing is a dangerous sport how would you define uh, in your own words fear mm First thing that when when you say fear I'm thinking of like heights. It's like I'm uncontrolled I'm, compl- I'm 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 fear of heights. I I'm just my body is loose. Last time it happened a few weeks ago I was somewhere I was like wow this is this is something. This is I'm I'm actually afraid. Um so for me fear is is that I completely lose touch with how my body is physically responding to something that's not necessarily mentally um scary so let's say if i'm in the lift and i can see from the lift i'm in the 40th 40th floor i'm in the lift i can see down and i'm like it's like i'm about to vomit or i feel loose i'm completely i can't do anything with my body even though there's no risks really i'm safe in the lift <laughs> or from the eiffel tower so for me like fear is really it's an uncomfortable experience it's a lot of discomfort but it's something that that it's a threat even though the threat would actually in real world it would not exist but my body is reacting as if there's a lion chasing me in boxing specifically do you think that fear is related to the intrinsic danger mm. that the sports entitles maybe yeah two different answers because in general i'm like wow it's a sport and then we would assume as as, as just come yeah like psychological point of view would be oh you're in the fight or flight so you're already in the experience of okay it's a threat someone's going to punch me in the face wow like i need to fight or flight or freeze in some cases so in that sense i feel like that's that's similar the body is there to warn you of any any th- possible threats but i feel like in boxing fear 
you can develop that in a way that when you just put yourself, it's like repetition, your body gets used to the fear of, of the fight or flight or the human natural instincts. Your body gets used to it. The more you do it, it's like, okay, actually, I'm, I'm, I can feel safe here. And for me, the fear in boxing is the, the failing, the mistakes. So whenever, like, I have never felt that fear that I fear when I'm, I'm in the heights. Never felt that in, in the boxing ring. I feel that the fear for me in boxing is just, yeah, the mistakes. It's like, wow, I, I know I could do better, but I didn't showcase that. And then that's disappointment slash fear. And this idea of yours of fear change over the years, you think? Huh. Yes, especially, yes, especially the way I understand fear. And, and that's probably has, has a lot to do with, with, with my studies, with understanding human beings, be, becoming more aware of the human functioning and the system. And there's always this kind of not battle between, okay, this is a theory. There's a lot of theories about human beings. But then there's also the subjective experience of, of being a human. But I probably, I will have a different answer if I would be for example, knocked out. Like I have never experienced the kind of pain in boxing just just yet that 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 would change my approach to, to fear in boxing, for example. So I haven't experienced that in boxing. Um, but I would say the, the fear of heights kind of fear, the like my ultimatum, <laughs> my ultimate fear. Yeah, that's that's something. It's like, wow. I can, How I, does it present itself? It's present itself. Um, okay, so so with um, this is gonna be a very very practical answer. So with spiders and with heights, that I become complete. I can't control anything. I just become. I just wanna run away. Uh, I can't feel my arms. I like physically. I am. I feel like I'm. I'm this wobbly um, creature. I'm not even myself. I'm not a human. I'm. I'm just completely un. Um, disempowered of 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 the fear or of of what i what i could do so that that's the the, the present i would say it's more physical that even in the mind i'm like i'm safe but i'm like I, i have no control over what my body is doing instead in boxing how do you deal with the idea that your opponent is in the mind frame to beat you up to hurt you mm. even to kill you if necessary yeah. In order to win. I feel like that's already accepted. Like I've, I've accepted that before I step into the ring. It is, is about, when I think about it like that, because I think boxing is such a humbling sport and it's about, it's, 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 it's about getting creative and really using your hard work and respecting yourself that, wow, I've trained this much and I'm becoming aware of, of X, Y, Z. And I want to use them. Like, I don't actually think about that when I, when I step into the ring. And also, at the same time, I've already accepted that. So then I'm kind of like in the same frame of mind of like, okay, we're, we're in this together inside the ring. We both want to beat each other up. But I think it's more than that. For me, it's, it's about really, I think it's more about myself. It's more about my own um, inner demons and critiques telling stuff about myself that I might not like or I might like. It's more about, okay, I, I, want, I want to give myself the respect of all the hard work and all the, the enjoyable work, though, of 
just this is me and and take me or leave me. <laughs> yeah, for me it's more than than someone just want to beat you up. So you're telling me that your opponent is just you? Yes, it's mostly me. Like I am my own opponent. There's an opponent. So the other person is just an embodiment, an external embodiment or projection mm. of the opponent that is just you. So they yeah. are just Yes, yes. It's almost like a like it doesn't like matter. Like golem there. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it doesn't matter who's there, what hair color, what experience, what why. It's more about it's a projection of, of myself. Or projection of how I speak to myself, the projection of almost like what are you gonna do now? And how much I am preventing myself to express what I've learned or express what I have there to give. Now comes to me another question. If the opponent is a projection of yourself, mm -hmm. how can you be in the frame of mind to beat yourself up to mm. death? There's so many different voices in my head and characteristics in, in, in me, different roles, different hats that I wear. Let's say I'm a daughter, I'm a sibling, I'm a partner, I'm a, I'm a boxer, I'm a coach, I'm a... So it's like this orchestra of personalities within within my head that are competing with each other. And sometimes they work like best friends or like marriage. And then multiple times they're really, really overcompelling or intervening with each other's beliefs. So it's, I think, more about the self-belief. What's the belief that I hold at that moment? Because... I can never know how the situation is actually going to go. Um, going back to the expectations. So let's say when I stepped in, into the ring, the fight is starting. There's already a story that I've told about myself based on the expectations or fears or doubts or, or strengths that how the fight will go. But I can never know that until the next present moment comes. So even if, if there's a first round, okay, could be much more active, could do this and that much better. There's always a new chance the next round. So it's almost like trying to be present in the moment with myself and then giving me another chance. Now, I do not box, so I might not say this correctly. However, it appears to me that at the level of amateur boxing you're performing now and uh, um, competing now, let's say that you're expectations are maximum three rounds mm -hmm. so if it's not this round well they will have the next yeah um instead uh, if you don't post this fixed limit of three mm -hmm. but you can go up to eight or ten i assume another level of fatigue mental fatigue and risk rises um, so your approach as an athlete might change quite remarkably, mm. don't you think so? Mm. So, so in amateur boxing is yeah, it's it's and that's something I'm, I'm I've actually really recently only realized it's like it's really three rounds, so it's like full on straight away because it's it's really in a way in quotation only three rounds, 
and and because b- before before I joined the club, I, I was doing like sparring with multiple people, and you know, just doing multiple rounds in sparring. So in then, if I know that uh, I'm doing twelve rounds, then I would definitely kind of save my energy at the beginning. But in in amateur boxing, it's really it's really just there. Like um, it's like a sprint rather than a marathon. So there, definitely, it's like give yourself full on and I'm still learning that even it's like it's like for my next fight I'm like actually I I only realized this after my previous fight like yeah it's really only three rounds so it's like you can't just give and go full on and you have to um straight away because you don't you know in a way you only have three three chances can you sense fear in your opponent Good question, because it's almost like it's my interpretation of her. So I can see and sense through the eyes that it's like, okay, she's she's probably experiencing something, even even not calling a fear, but she's nervous, which is natural, and, and we all have that, and that's supporting us, and da da da. But then I always think, okay, this is my interpretation of her reaction. So if is it actually me who's who's afraid? Like, is it, again, going back to the projection? Because I feel like as human beings, we can sense that. And, and I can sense that even in sparring or, or in, in, in the fights. But I think it's very unclear at the same time. It's like, who's... It's my interpretation of, of, of her eyes. So then sometimes I think, is it actually my fear or is it hers? And... Do you use fear as a tool against your opponent? Yes. Yeah, so whenever whenever this 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 has happened, it's like okay, this is a poss- this is a possibility for me. It's like there's an open window. So actually becoming much more active and much more upfront, and and using that as a way of, or even even just using. The, the energy that I'm holding. It's almost like I need to be responsible for the energy that I am holding and operating from because then she's going to sense this or she's going to sense dominance or aggression or or confident energy. So it's almost like I need to put the confidence hat on because then I'm bringing that energy to her and that's going to affect on how she's feeling in the ring. So, yes. And in your experience as a boxer, is it possible to train your mind, body, behavior um, not to feel fear? Mm. I feel like yes and no. Yes, in a sense that you, you can manage it. You can become aware of it and be like, aha, okay, now I'm in my fear state. And then you can accept that and manage it. It's like, I feel like the body will still do what it, the body is just meant to do what it's meant to do. Or if we hear a siren, it, it might be like, <gasps> the body will always still be alert for the possible threat. But then it's like the second phase of the fear. It's like, aha, then I can interpret it in a way that, okay, I'm still safe. It's okay. Like the way I'm talking to myself after I become aware of that, I'm, my body is afraid So I feel like it's it's you can you can start to manage it better, becoming more aware of, of how your body and mind reacts and how you speak to yourself after the body is afraid. 
let's say before the fight, I'm, um, I might feel extremely nervous and I'm like, okay, good. This is adrenaline, you know, excitement, nervousness or fear. I haven't had that ever, but like, if that was to happen, then I can speak to myself in a different way, way, which automatically it's like the body mind connections, like automatically my body will calm down after I speak to myself in a way that I'm safe. Would you already know how to speak to yourself in that instance? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's for me. I always use the phrases "have fun" and and "relax." Have fun. It's it's like play around. It's like enjoy. It's like a dance. It's a, it's like it's art, or like dance in the ring. Music really. Music is a big thing for me. It's like a huge, massive thing. So that always also helps. Do you believe fear to be an obstacle to achieve things, or rather, a guide? Through difficulties. Ooh. So can you repeat that? Fear to fear as an obstacle mm-hmm. versus fear as a guide. Mm. Both. Definitely both. I feel like all my answers are both yes and no. <laughs> so but I say both because it's 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 if we're in, stuck in the middle of the woods and our body starts to experience fear, I feel like that's that's a that's a sign and alarm that okay, there's a bear behind you. But the guidance as well in a way that this doesn't feel right when something doesn't just feel right it's almost like humans are so complex but so intelligent and and our bodies are made for that and in that sense i feel like it's a massive guide to it's like oh no don't don't turn left because there's a bear so then we would turn right and be safe and alive but then at the same time as an obstacle I feel like the mind does that thing. So if the mind interprets the fear as an excuse to not do something, then that's an obstacle. Like, oh, no, I don't really feel like it. It doesn't feel right because it's just uncomfortable and I don't want to face any challenges today. Then it will be an obstacle. Do you believe that fear can be eliminated altogether or only faced every time? Mm. I think faced every time. Faced every time, almost like I would compare it to, to, to emotions. It's like sadness, anger. Um, I cannot eliminate. I'm, I'm never going to feel sad, but it's just the way how I approach it. It's like the fear will be there, almost like a companion. And, and as, a, as a guidance, as, a, as an obstacle, as a guidance, as a companion, as a friend. And then it's just the way I treat it. So... The impact, I feel like the fear is there almost like it's just like 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 my hand. It's just there now. Or my heartbeat. But the way I manage it, the way I approach it, and the way I use it, that the impact varies. The impact of the fear. So the fear is there, but the impact varies based on how you handle the fear. Have you ever experienced fear of failure? Oh, yeah all the time <laughs> or probably yeah since since I was an unconscious child up until today there's always this it's like letting myself down probably also letting others others down even though I say oh no no it doesn't matter but I feel like it always matters it's just natural it's like breathing but definitely if you're failing it's like fear of failing yeah in in multiple different realms in in life and in boxing specifically in boxing yes in boxing it's it's 
in every, especially in every sparring, but I would say almost in like every training, if I don't give my 150%, even in the training session, or let's say I'm going to go train after this conversation. And it's almost like if I don't give 150%, I know that there's more. It's almost like I interpret that as I failed. I had this precious time to train and I didn't give 150%, even though I know it, it, it's it's not even beneficial to, to go absolute hardcore every single time. But I feel like it's more like I failed, but then after after these multiple training sessions, it's like I know there's a time and place for, for training 90%, training 200%, training 50%, depending on what stage of the training that is at. And also depending on, on sleep, nutrition, hormones, fatigue, um, what's happening in life in general. But I feel like the fear of failing is, especially in, in, in boxing and especially in, in sparring, that comes more present to me. It's like, oh, that didn't go well. It, it's almost like even a punch is like, that's, that's part of boxing getting punched in the face, but it's immediately, oh, okay, mistake, failing. Let's just fix this so that it doesn't happen again, even though it will happen. But I feel like that's the, the fear of failure of like, oh, I, I, it's not about the, the punch or the intensity of it or the possible pain. For me, I always interpret that, oh, I failed. That was a mistake, so I failed. Are you afraid of retirement? Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> I know I just turned 29, but um, no, I definitely not. And I feel like... Well, at least from sports. From course. sports? Oh, wow. I, I've never thought of that. I've never thought of... of I have to say, I, I have become aware of how grateful I am to my body to, to be able to move and do sports in general. So when we talk about injuries... That's an, that's another fear. Like that's 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 a massive fear that there will be an injury that will prevent me to actually do something. Even though I fully believe that you know the neuroplasticity and the brain can the brain and the body can do so many like unbelievable things that that we're yet unaware of before that actually happens. So in that sense, I'm I'm afraid of of retirement of injuries or I would need to stop sports or I could not be able to walk. But I haven't really thought of that. Not really. Sincerely. And I've always thought, okay, I can I can increase my body's age by just doing a lot of sports and eating healthy and living healthy. So who knows? <laughs> Is anxiety for you any different from fear? Yeah. Yeah, anxiety is more, I'm thinking anxiety more related to the future. It's like something hasn't even happened yet, but I can be anxious about it. Fear is more fundamental or fear is more, it's just, it, it's just in our human system to operate like that. Not, not having fear as an enemy, but anxiety, obviously anxiety is a big word. So, so it's, 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 a, it's a serious condition to actually have anxiety, like when we talk about mental health. But anxiety is a buzzword as well. So it's like, oh, I'm anxious about how the meeting will go in an hour. That's just kind of, oh, I'm a bit stressed. But anxiety, 
I've never experienced anxiety that actually can prevent me to go somewhere or to perform in a certain way. So I feel like anxiety is more self-originated, if that's the word. But it's more like if I think about myself and I have the choice to either be anxious about the situation, but my body is not afraid. My body is just, it's more about the mental obstacles that I've created like oh I'm anxious oh I'm nervous about the meeting so that's that and then fear is just I'm just immobilized I just can't move I'm just completely useless what is the function of fear then in your opinion I think the guide what you said about the guidance and the obstacle the function of fear is to keep you alive also remind you that you're alive <laughs> um yeah really keep you alive that's 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 surprisingly very short response for me but keep you alive is it possible to integrate fear within uh, ourselves instead of just trying to work against it that is to eliminate mm, it yeah yeah it's i think it's more about the kind of okay what kind of relationship i want to create with my fear it, it's 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 not my saying someone else is saying but it's like what you resist persists so if i'm trying to suppress and resist the fear it will speak even more, more louder. So it's almost like trying to, like becoming, collaborating with the fear and becoming acceptive and, and empath also empathetic and understanding towards the fear. It's like, wow, this is really trying to say something to me or my body is really trying to communicate with me and um, coordinate with me. So am I going to act against it? Because it will, I, I believe, like the body is just so much more wiser than the mind. It's like it will, it will remind again if I ignore or suppress the fear, and it can be simply by just saying, speaking out loud about it, or just becoming curious of it rather than suppressing it. So yes, I, I believe it's 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 again the the approach towards the fear. I usually. And the conversation with uh, the definition by English Dictionary of fear and anxiety. So let's see if you agree or not mm -hmm. to which extent. Fear is uh, defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain or harm that is happening or might happen. Anxiety instead is an uncomfortable feeling of nervousness or worry about something that is happening or might happen in the future mm. it seems yeah. pretty much what you said before <laughs> very yeah straight on yeah surprise it's yes 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 and, and especially that that worry part like that worry part with anxiety it's like and and that's where i connect the okay it is actually an anxiety is more in my control, in my opinion, than the fear, based on how I interpret what's happening. So that, that worry of, of something happening in the future, or, oh, is it going to rain tomorrow? I could be worried about that and anxious about that. But if I'm in the roof, <laughs> again, using this fear of heights, it's like, if someone's just going to push me now. I'm afraid, but yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree with the definition. I think there are big words, and there could be multiple definitions, but yeah. Before you go, I must ask one thing: 
What about the Sisu? How did Sisu affect you being a professional boxing? And please feel free you to describe what Sisu is to the audience who is now listening. Oh yeah, with Sisu, I would say, well, in, in amateur boxing or in boxing in general or in sports in general. So Sisu, I've, I've asked, people have asked so many times and I'm always like, what do I say? Because in a way, the direct translation would be great. So persistence and you don't give up and you, you suffer and, and it's more about the persistence and per, perseverance. Maybe let's, uh, let's clarify for yeah. the audience. Sisu is a Finnish word which describe a certain mindset or attitude, which are your now to describe. But yes. just to, to specify that Sisu <laughs> is a word on its own right. Absolutely. It's a concept on its own right, but is not so clearly translated in other cultural languages. Absolutely. So Sisu, for the way it expresses itself as a concept in, in I would say, human behavior is the kind of not giving up attitude it is that I don't care how, how, how hard or challenging something would be, especially physically, it is more about, I just, I just don't stop until someone tells me to stop. So it, it's more like that, that, you know, mouse in a wheel, <laughs> which just keeps running and keeps running and keeps running up until the mouse dies, basically. But being Sisu, a Finnish concept, mm -hmm. you believe you have more Sisu because you're Finnish or Sisu does apply to anyone really, even if they are not Finnish? I would say it's very Finnish cultural, yes. Yeah, I would say that's a huge part of, of Finnish culture. You're born with it, you're, you're, you're in schools or in families. It's, a, it's, it's kind of an implicit value, which is completely ingrained It's almost like I, I was born with the cell of Sisu, and that's just in me because I'm Finnish. And how does it translate, for instance, in your early years when you were doing uh, gymnastics, for instance? Oh, absolutely, a lot, a lot, because all the all the coaches in gymnastics were were Finnish, so the Sisu mindset was also, or the Sisu cell. Maybe I'm just you know now creating a new concept of, of we have this Sisu cell just because we're born in Finland. Definitely, a, a lot in in gymnastics in general, but especially in terms of I feel like actually the downside of Sisu maybe in gymnastics was that the, the training was not always necessarily it was a lot but was it the right type of training for for I know gymnastics has been developing a lot these days but back then even in boxing right now it's more like I really need to think about the the time and the effort and what kind of training is the best training for me not just constantly doing only heel sprints and completely exhausting my body if I'm going to sparring, for example, the same day. It's kind of like, what, what's the right type of training? But with Sisu, it's just training until you, you pass out, I would say. Sandra, thank you so much. Thank you, Matthias. So, really. super, super happy that I did have the opportunity to speak also with an amateur boxer. Um, because the perspective might be very different mm. from the professional ones. Also a female boxer, which mm. is something that I'm really interested in. So I believe that the, the angle is slightly different. Yeah. Uh, so it was absolutely super fascinating to speak with you. Thank you very much for accepting to be part of the interview. Absolutely. And I, and I want to give big, big thanks 
to you and uh, to, to Masoud connecting with me and, um, and really just to have this opportunity to re- reflect out loud and, and, and speak and listen and, and you giving this time and doing this research. So really, thank you for allowing me to be here. You are welcome. And thank you, everyone who is listening now to the podcast. Uh, if you ever come uh, with a question that we haven't answered yet about boxing, fear and anxiety in the world of boxing, please uh, let us know so we can uh, pose it uh, the next time. As usual, you keep in touch. <laughs>